So we've been in the book of Galatians, and we'll continue there today. Tell you what's going on at this particular time and in this particular church is that they had these people that come in and they, were, they had some false teaching that they were trying to institute in the Christian church. Can you believe that? That a, uh, a group would kind of infiltrate the, the church and then there'd be some false teaching that comes out of that. It's a crazy thing to imagine that that could ever happen. But Satan uses people all the time for that task and that is to confuse the gospel to take the gospel and twist it just a little bit to mean something else. And if you do that just a little bit, then you can get people believing something else. And once they believe something else, you can twist it just a little bit further and they'll believe even more that's not of God. And we've said before that we got to remain in tune with the heart of God and we do that through his word and we do not need to compromise anything that this word says. We don't need to twist it. We don't need to, to shout where it is largely silent. We need to stick to this word and it is the most important thing. Now, I, 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 I want to tell you that these people that came in, what they were saying is in order for you to, it's great that you want to be a Christian and all that. It's great that you believe in Jesus, but what you need to do is you need to adhere to the Jewish faith as well, the, the faith of the Israelites. You, you need to adhere to what you have already done and what you already know to be true. You need to stick to that. This Jesus stuff is great, but you need to add to it. And they said to do that, you need to be circumcised, man. You got to, in, in order for you to be a Christian, truly a Christian, what you got to have is Jesus Plus, you've got to identify with your roots. And Paul comes in. He's like, no, that is not what we taught at all. That is not what we taught at all, man. You're getting away from the main message. And these men were legalists, if you will. In their view of, of the Israelite culture, they were legalists. And here's the danger in that is when you become a legalist, you become God. Right? You're no longer listening to God, but you're listening to yourself because you're the one that's putting your yourself in the place of God. And I have a little bit of a cartoon I want to show. Now, you're not going to like bust out laughing when you see this cartoon, but it makes a good point, so we're going to put it up here on the screen. The legalist. It's a, I know God didn't say this, but he would have had he thought of it. Right? If only God had thought of this, he probably would have said it. And really, when you become a legalist, that's what you're saying, right? He's like, now, now I'm becoming God. I'm taking the place of God. Because even though that God didn't say this, I'm saying it, and I'm saying it for God, right? So you, we, talked about, we talk about this all the time, as a matter of fact, putting ourselves in place of God, putting ourselves above God. And, and, and sometimes when we take things and we take scripture out of context and we, we take it to mean thing, other things and that's what we're doing. We are taking ourselves and putting ourselves above God. That is why it is so important. Let me say this again. It is so important that we adhere to the word of God, that we don't try to twist it, make it, make it, make it say things that it does not say. And, and it, the reason I, I, I'm always harping on that is because it is so much our culture it is so much our culture to, to take what God has said and to try to make it mean something that it doesn't mean. And when we do that, that is a source of pride for us. That is a source of legalism for us where we are taking the place of God and we are saying this is what we should be doing. This is what God really intended when he wrote this. And it gets so frustrating for me to see people take things that God's word does not say and all of a sudden, that becomes the major thing in a church. And the things that God said, that becomes the minor thing in the church. 
that, that, that loving people and caring more about people than we care about ourselves, that all of a sudden becomes a, a minor in the church. But the way you dress and the way you act in church, that becomes a major in the church. That you got to have your kids sit still and be quiet and, and nobody's supposed to say a word and that becomes the major and then loving people becomes the minor. And I'm like, that's not at all what the church is. That's not at all what the church is supposed to be. Do you know, do you know that, that we have had people with, with special needs kids come in here and, and we do our best to minister to them in every way possible. And I have told them, I don't care if your kids wander around the back. I don't care, you know, what they do. If you need to be here and be in church, we're going to do everything that we can to take care of you and to take care of your kid in this church. That I don't really care if they're making noise in the back. That's, that's okay. It's all right. Church is kind of messy sometimes. And when you reach people in love, sometimes it doesn't look all quiet with everybody's hands in their lap. You know, that's just not the way that it is. And sometimes the pastor wears T-shirts, you know what I mean? Like, this crazy talk, you know? <laughs> and there's so many people that get all torn up. Man, your pastor wore a T-shirt. I don't really, him loving people, we, we're not going to address that. But he wore a T-shirt. A T-shirt. There's no way he's getting into heaven in a T-shirt. Not possible. <laughs> Y'all, man. I have, I have been in meetings before where it was discussed, discussed, taking a leadership time of us talking about what God would have us to do. We're supposed to lead a church, and we have had long discussions about people wearing a hat in church. Long discussions. And I'm like, really? This is what we're focused on. This is our biggest area of concern. It's people wearing hats in the church. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure if Jesus was sitting in here with us at this table, he would be just shaking his head going, what are y'all doing? What are y'all doing? We cannot, we cannot, we cannot let this junk infiltrate the church and us get away from what is most important, okay? We, we, we can't let it happen we got to stay focused on what God says and, and the major themes in the Bible, the things that are so important, the gospel of Christ, loving people, giving somebody something to drink when they don't have anything or feeding them when they don't have anything. Man, can't we just make that the major stuff in the church and all the other garbage? Can't we just, like, never mind on that? Let's just do the main things we, we know we're supposed to do. And let's do those things, and then all the other stuff, we'll just let it fade into the background. We won't care if he wears a t-shirt, you know, all that kind of stuff. So what happens in uh, Galatians chapter 2 is that, I'm sorry, I may need to take a drink of water or two today. I got so much allergy medication in me right now that I barely can see all y'all, so I may need water today. So in Galatians chapter 2, we find uh, Peter and Paul having a little interaction Peter is, is kind of, he, he's in the church, he's kind of leadership in the church, and, and uh, all of a sudden these guys come from Jerusalem, and then Peter starts to behave more like them and less like the person he was before they came. So what was going on here is that he was hanging out with the Gentiles, he was eating with the Gentiles. Gentiles are people that are not Israelites, okay, so, so he had understood that Christ 
brought us together and made us one. There's no longer Gentile and Jew, but there's, there's one body and, and there's one uh, descendants of Abraham and we're all together, right? Because of our faith, we are all one, okay? And all of a sudden, Peter, these people come in from out of town and uh, they claim that James has sent them. I don't think that's the case, but they claim that anyway. So, and Peter starts to hang out with them and starts to disassociate with the Gentiles. Now, he didn't say anything. He just didn't hang out with them, didn't eat with them. So his actions were speaking louder than his words. And Paul comes in and says, that ain't okay, dude. And he calls him out publicly and says, what you're doing is not right. You're acting like there's something wrong with these Gentiles just because some other guys came into town. And that's not okay. And he calls him out publicly in front of everybody and says, this ain't all right. And because Peter had done that publicly, Paul chose to call him out publicly. And that's the reason I do a lot of stuff up here where I'm like, you know, I talk about the crazy stuff that I've seen in church, the crazy things that I have experienced in church, because it needs to be public. People need to know. So I want you to understand that they're very much trying to balance this thing out between the law and its purpose and its reality versus, you know, what we're supposed to do as Christ believers, as Christians. And so there's this whole thing that they're, they're battling with, right? So are we supposed to keep the law or are we supposed to keep Christ? And Paul's got to address this in, in chapter 3. It's what we look at here in chapter 3, beginning of verse 1. Oh, foolish Galatians. Can you imagine me starting out a sermon like that Sunday morning? You idiots. Wake up. Everybody would be like, I may have said that a time or two, haven't I? That may have actually happened. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? What he's saying here is that, man, who has messed you up? Who has messed you up? He says, for the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made clear to you as you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. So what are you saying there? He says, for the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made clear to you as you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. So, so what he's saying here is you knew the truth. You knew the truth of God. You, you, you saw and, and experienced this picture of God's love for you by Jesus' death on the cross. And it was exemplified that way. It was God showed his love to us and, and, and showed us that, you know what? The main thing that you need to understand about my love for you is the fact that I was going to make everything right. That God is the one that was in control. That it was not us. That God is the one that saw us in our sinful condition. And, and thought enough of us to make up that sin gap that existed between us and him. This huge void, this huge chasm that existed between us and him. Making that up with his son Jesus Christ and laying his life down on an altar. And him being hung on a tree. And all of his, all of his purity... And all of his perfect life was taken away so that he could absorb the sin of the world on him so that our sins could die with him. And if we believe in that, then we can be rescued forever from death, hell, and the grave and sin. Sin that trips us up. We can be rescued from that if we put our faith in what Jesus has done. He says, you've seen that. You know it's the truth. We've talked about it a thousand times. Who's messed you up, man? Who's come in here and taught something else? 
then he gets to the heart of the matter. So I have to be kind of transparent with you here. This, this is just me talking, okay? Um, God had to reveal something to me through this passage. And it was some stuff I had going on in my life. And, uh, you know, that's why I, my voice is all cracking. And I've been down to the altar praying. And, and that was that I had really let the flesh take over and the Holy Spirit had kind of dwindled in my life. Okay, and I, I recognize that, and I've repented of that, and I've, I've talked to God extensively about that because He has, He has shown me that. He, he has shown me that that you know what. You know, you know why you're struggling and hurting the way that you are is because you have taken over and you've pushed me to the side. His Holy Spirit, who resides in me, the the, the King of the world that resides in the in the center of my chest. That I have pushed him to the side and I've let the distractions of the world take over. I've had a lot of stuff going on at work. And, and, and I've just really, if I'm perfectly transparent and honest with you, I've become bitter. I've become bitter with the world and bitter with people. And just, I believe something that wasn't of God is what happened. I became frustrated with people. And uh, that's come out in my personality. Some of you that maybe I have uh, been bitter towards or angry with, um, I apologize to you. I am sorry if that has come out in, in my words to you. I'm trying to do better. I'm trying to lean into the Holy Spirit. That's the only way I'm going to do better is if I listen more to God and less to myself. We get all messed up when we listen to ourselves. and we, I mean, God has given us the ministry of the Holy Spirit, y'all. The ministry of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to get so messed up if we don't listen to the Holy Spirit. Now, when you start talking about the Holy Spirit in church, some people get all freaked out. You know what I mean? Like, oh, what's he about to do? Is he going to start shaking and, and laying down the altar and people are going to be passing out and all this kind of stuff? No, man. It's not what it's about. It's not about just like this show. That's not what the Holy Spirit is about. He's not about a show. The Holy Spirit is about ministry, ministering to your heart, and showing you the places with, man, these need correction in your life. You have squelched this in your life, and man, you need to be brought back to God, and that's why I'm here. I'm right here. The Holy Spirit was screaming at me this morning. He was like, why have you been listening to everything else? Why haven't you been listening to me? And to be perfectly honest with you, I've just gotten messed up. Now, now part of it for me is that I've been working a lot and, and, and work has distracted me. And I've dealt with some frustrating situations and some frustrating people. And, 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 and what has happened, instead of listening to the Holy Spirit, I've been listening to... to to the world, listening to other people, and that's what's taken over in my life, and that's a problem. That's a problem. So Paul's got to talk about the Holy Spirit. He says, let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Is that how you received the Holy Spirit? By what you did? By, by, by keeping the law, by doing all the right things, is that the way that you receive the Holy Spirit? 
Now, obviously, Paul's kind of asking a facetious question, right? He's like, is that what you had to do to receive the Holy Spirit? You had to keep the law? Is that, is that the way that, that, we, that we actually, by the way, the flip side of that, is that how you keep the law? By your efforts? By you maintaining the law? Or is it the work of the Holy Spirit? Is he the one that, that, that keeps you in alignment with God and in alignment with God's heart? You see, so many times we're trying to correct ourselves and do things ourselves, and it's the Holy Spirit that does the work. We just need to get out of the way. How do you do that? How, how do you get out of the way? You need practical advice here, right? Humble yourself before God. Recognize your desperate need for Him. Fall on your face before Him and repent and say, God, I'm sorry that I've gotten in the way. I'm sorry that, 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 that I'm, the, I'm the problem here. It's not your Holy Spirit, and it's not that He's not speaking loud enough. It's me, that I've been pushing Him to the side while I listen to everything else. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. And he said, do you receive the Holy Spirit by keeping the law? Is that, is that what you do? He said, of course not. You receive the Holy Spirit because you believe the message you heard about Christ. You receive the Holy Spirit. Do you know at the instant that you believe this message about Christ, that's the instant at which you receive the Holy Spirit. Now, some people got all this other crazy talk about, you know, you got to be baptized, and that's when you receive the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, oh, the Word. Let's go back to the Word. Let's look at the Word says. And I know that it can be confusing at times. You look at the words and say, what, what does it really mean here? But let me tell you something. That the instant you truly believe the gospel of Jesus Christ is the time that you receive the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you believe that you have the Holy Spirit and you really don't. I'm, uh, I'm sorry. You're, you're really not a Christian. You don't have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. You've pretended and you've done a good job of acting like you have the Holy Spirit. You've done a good job by your own self-efforts maintaining the, 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 the walk with God. You, you've, you've, you've tried to do that on your own efforts, but you don't have the Holy Spirit because you've never truly believed. Do you know that if you do that, you'll always fall short because you can't, you can't do it apart from God? You can't do it apart from God. Now, the good news is this. It's for those of you that have believed and you've messed up, you've done some stuff wrong in your life, the good news is you have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit shows you this is where you've messed up, this is where you need to get back in alignment with God. These are the things that you need to do to, to, to be in tune with the heart of God. And you, you, you've messed up, but I am here to remind you, I am here to remind you that God is present in your life because you believed I am right here. You feel this conviction. You feel this overwhelming burden because of your sin. You feel that because I am here and I haven't left you alone. You're not on your own in this. That, see, that, that's the problem people have. People believe, it's a common conception that, that you know what? I got to get my life together. Have you ever heard anybody say this? I'm going to start coming to church once I get my life together. You ever heard that? And I, and I want to go, you foolish Galatians. You know what I mean? Like, you don't understand. You're not the one that gets your act together. I, I mean, I, I, I just don't understand that idea. But, but people, 
they, they're afraid to come into church because they don't have their act together. Because they feel like they don't fit in with us. You know what we need to do as Christians? My dad and I were talking about this this, this morning, and it's important. You know what we need to do as Christians? We need to be transparent. And we need to talk to other people that aren't believers about how we screw up too. You know? Look, I mean, that, that's the thing. They, see, they think, I can never be a Christian like you. I can never be like you because I'm just too messed up. And I have to go to them and I have to say, look, I'm messed up too. Let me tell you about it. But I got this God. I got this Holy Spirit, man. And he continues to show me things and, and he continue, continues to love me through things. And it's because I believe. It's, I honestly believe that he's the answer. I honestly believe that what he did on the cross was enough for me. That I don't have to do a bunch of stuff. I just believe. And then I got this Holy Spirit that does the work in, inside of me. He who began a good, good work will see it to completion, you know. That he started this work, the Holy Spirit comes in, and he's, he's just constantly working. Does that mean I never screw up? No. Uh -uh, that's not what it means. That means he's constantly working on me. And I constantly believe that Jesus Christ is the answer. That his Holy Spirit, he has to be real and present in my life. He has to be the one that I listen to. And when I do that, when I do that, I become more and more like Christ. This work is what the Holy Spirit does in us called sanctification. Big churchy word, it's called sanctification. It says, you receive the Spirit because you believe the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? Once again, he goes back to this foolish word. How foolish can you be? After starting your Christian lives in the Spirit, you're now trying to become perfect by your, human, your own human effort. It's like, how ridiculous is that? And you see, you see Christians doing this, right? So it, it sounds ridiculous to us for somebody to come in and say, you know what, you got to be circumcised for you to be a Christian. You know, we're like, okay, well, that's crazy talk, whatever, you know. But we do the same stuff, right? We become legalists in our own lives. In order for us to, to be Christians, we got to do this, we got to do this, we got to do this, we got to do this. And we got this whole checklist of things that we got to do in order for us to be Christians. So you're missing the point. Paul said, you're missing the whole point. The Holy Spirit is, is constantly talking to us. And, and when you try to do it on your own effort, you're missing the point. Ha, ha, have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? So what he's saying here is, is he's like, you've seen it yourselves. You, you've seen the work of the Holy Spirit. You indeed know what the Holy Spirit is doing inside of you. You, you know that when you're broken and you're upset and, and you, you tune into God's voice, the comfort that overwhelms you. Or what about the time when you, you first confessed that Jesus Christ was Lord and your faith overwhelms you? And it was, do you remember what that was like? Some of you know what I'm talking about. It was like somebody, it's like you had a weight vest on. It's like you were underwater and somebody pulled you up and all of a sudden you could breathe. You know what I'm talking about? Like there was this, this huge weight that was on your shoulders. I remember it like it was yesterday. And I... I've never gotten over it. What it was like that moment that I believed and I said, you know what? I am a sinner, a wretched, nasty, awful sinner. And God said, I forgive you. Yeah. Forgive yeah. me? How? What, what do you mean you forgive me? He said, look at my son. 
forgive you. I said, that's it? You, you, you forgive me? You, you did that, didn't you, God? He's like, yeah, you couldn't do it. I had to. And here I am, walking in my life, walking in this flesh every day. I'm trying to do stuff. I'm trying to do stuff. That's, that's like me trying to, to make myself saved. That, that's crazy, right? I can't save myself. It has to be a supernatural work of God. Every single time that I try to do something good on my own, I end up messing it up. The God says, it's already been done. And my Holy Spirit's here to remind you of that. I forget that. Don't you ever forget that? We're, we're, try, we're trying to, to do it all. We're, tr- we're trying to make it right. We're trying to, to do this, do that so, that, so that we can be good little Christians. And God's like, man, I already did it. And I'm still doing it in you. Why aren't you listening to me? Why aren't you listening to me? And I... Look, you're not the only ones that fall into this trap. I'm, I'm talking from a place that I'm in right now. And, and, and I read God's word and, and God just crushed me, really crushed me. Because what I realized is how much human effort I was putting into everything. I told you just a few minutes ago that this bitterness had crept into my life and I was angry at a lot of people and, I, and that anger just kind of overflowed in some of my conversations with all of you and I had to apologize to you for that. I can't make myself different. But when, I, when God crushed me and he humbled me through his word, that's why we need his word, y'all. That's why you have to have his word. It's because when God crushed me through that, I saw, oh God, I've been doing it myself. That's what's wrong. I've been doing it myself. God said, I gave you the Holy Spirit. Paul's telling the Galatian church, he's like, you've seen it yourself. You know the work that God has done in you. You know the weight that was lifted when you had faith in Jesus Christ. You, You know it. You've experienced it. Why are you trying to do something else? So he doesn't use the word foolish a third time, but he does say, I ask you again. He's like, look, I'm, I'm trying to drive it into your thick skull, right? I ask you again, does not God not give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Is that the reason it's happening? Of course not. Because you believe the message you heard about Christ. If it was just about obeying the law, if it was just about, you know, reading all the the, the laws that God's laid out for us, if it was just about that, then we wouldn't need Christ, would we? If it was just about human effort, it was just about what we could do and how we could make ourselves right with God, then we wouldn't need Christ at all. And if it was just about how we can make ourselves right and how we can fix everything in our lives, then we wouldn't have the need for the Holy Spirit at all. Am I right? We would just do it on our own. But the reality is, reality, none of that is true. 
that we had to have Christ. We had to have God paid the penalty for the, for the, the sins of the world. We had to have him take up the slack for all of us because we could never do it completely right. The same thing applies as you walk in your daily lives with the Holy Spirit. You can't do it on your own. It's ridiculous to think that you can. If you're trying to make yourself walk in step with the law, you won't do it. You'll continue to mess it up. But you know what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to walk in step with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the one that continually shows you. And you, 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 this thing in your life, man, this is crushing you. You, you. you don't need this in your life. You don't need these people in your life sometimes, right? Sometimes the Holy Spirit will make you act different and walk different in such a way that people that used to be your friends are no longer your friends anymore. I'm sorry, but that's true. It's people that, that you like and you wish they were around, but they're not anymore. And why is that? It's because you're walking in step with the Holy Spirit and they're not. And all of a sudden, man, you go to two different ways. And I want to tell you that coming in here is very important. As a body of believers, as, as, a, as a member of the body of Christ, it's very important that you are here. Why is that? So that we can walk in step with the Spirit, that we can walk together arm in arm going, you know what? If somebody gets out of line, then we're there and we got their arm and we're pulling them back in line with the rest of us. And we're walking together in step with the Holy Spirit. There, there's such strength in numbers. In this way, when you come in here, when you come to small groups on the first and third Sundays of the night, when you, when you come in there and you realize, you know what, I'm a messed up, broken piece of garbage and I don't know what to do. And other people are going, I feel the same way. You know how Kenny stood up there on Sunday morning and said he was an idiot? Yeah, I feel like that. So let's lock arms one, one another. Just go together and let's wage war against this flesh together. Because we've all got this spirit. We've all got this same Holy Spirit residing in us. And if we try to do it on our own, we can't. But we can do it with God. And God uses each other, by the way. He uses each other to encourage each other. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is the overflow of your life into other people. Other believers are, are, are constantly seeing the Holy Spirit at work in your life. And it encourages them. Whether or not you recognize that it's happening or not. People are seeing the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. And they're constantly being encouraged by that. And that's why we're supposed to come together as believers. It's, it's not so that I can stand up here and yell at you for 30 minutes. That's not the reason. That's not the reason. The reason is so we can be a family. And we can worship together. And we can sing praises together. And we can listen to the Holy Spirit together. You know, there's been so many times in my life where I thought, and I've gotten away from God. I've just, I've done some things I shouldn't have, and I've gotten away from God, and I don't know if I'll ever get back there. I don't know if I'll ever get back to that close relationship I once had with God. I don't know if I'll ever get back to that place where I was just desiring and thirsting and hungering after God's word. I, I don't know if I'll ever get back there. And, and, and you know what I have to do in that place? Is... Uh, See, I, I, I pray at mealtime, so, you know, and a lot of times I, I pray by myself, obviously, so sometimes it's just honest with God and say, God, I'm, I'm not there right now. I know that it's me and it's not you, but I'm not there right now. And I need you to do a work that I can't do myself. 
And I just get real and I get honest with God because he already knows it anyway. So why not just go ahead and confess it to him? When I confess it to him, he gets me out of the way. And God's able to, to say, here, my voice is still here. I'm still constantly, constantly speaking to you. I'm right here. And I have to say, God, look, I messed up a lot. And uh, I wonder if I'll ever get back there. But God, I want you to, to keep working on me. God, please don't give up on me. Please, please don't, don't turn away from me and say, you know what? He's not worth it. And then I have days like today when God looks at me and his Holy Spirit is real and present in my life because I have been broken enough to admit where I am. And God says, I'm right here. You don't have to be made clean again. You're already clean. You, you, you've, you, you've done a lot, but I paid the price even more. Where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. So God has gone above and beyond our sin so that it is covered. But I forget it. I forget it. I forget about the time I first believed. And the time when I came and I fell on my knees before God. And I just wept because I didn't know what to say. And I just believed. And tears flowed from my eyes. Why? Because I recognized where I was. And I recognized who God was. And I just cried. And I was made clean, and this huge burden was just lifted off my shoulders. And God's whispering in my ear, I'm here to do that again. You don't have to carry it around. It's heavy on your shoulders right now. Everybody can see it on your face. You don't have to carry it around. Give it to me. Give it to me. Let me do the work that you can't do. You, you can't make yourself right. You can't make yourself good. Only I can do that. Let me pray. Father, I'm so sorry that uh, many times I try to do the work that only you can do. I feel overwhelmed by it sometimes and I feel broken by it sometimes because I look at all the things that are wrong in my life and I, I think I, I got to fix all those things. Lord, I just want to thank you. God, for your Holy Spirit, how he has not left me. He is still very real and very present. And God, I just have to tap into what you've already given. It's not a matter of me doing more. It's just me trusting more. Me trusting that you have the answers that I'm not capable. It's about believing in myself less and believing in you more. And God, I just pray right now that people that are feel burdened, they feel overwhelmed, I pray that they would come to this altar. Lord, I know there's nothing special about this carpet that's down here. But there is something special about being humble before the throne of God. And getting on our knees before you, God, it's, it's, it's so overwhelming what you do in that time as we humble ourselves and as we say, God, we can't do it, but you can the Lord, the church in Galatia, they've been taught something else. They've been taught that they had to do something else. And Paul had to correct them. He said, there's nothing else to do. There's nothing else that you can do. But Jesus Christ has done it all. And he's paid it all. And he's given us his Holy Spirit. 
God, so he might renew us every single day. God, and remind us of the eternity that we have in your presence. So, Lord God, for those that are burdened and they're, they're heavy laden today, God, I pray that they would just come to you. I pray that they would just come to you and that today would be a day of rest for them. God, thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for your Holy Spirit who has reminded us of this precious word today. I pray that you're glorified now as we respond to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Will everyone stand?